transition into the Word of God here and worshiping through God's Word. We're, uh, we've been going through a sermon series in the book of John. We've kind of been broken up a little bit over the summer with a lot of different uh, uh, events and things going on. How about that baptism Sunday and testimonies last week, huh? God's working. Lives are being changed. Yeah. Super exciting what God is doing. What God is doing. Today's passage that we're going to be in, in the book of John, is John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. So if you have a Bible app or a Bible, you want to go ahead and turn there to follow along. John 4, 43. You know, as we walk through the book of John, the gospel of John, he sets out from the very beginning. And again, the gospel of John, if you're newer, it's in the second part of your Bible. It's called the New Testament. It's one of the, the books called the gospels. The gospel means good news. And it's the last one of those. So it's the fourth book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And John sets out, and and he's very transparent. I am writing this to you so that you will know Jesus is God. And that you'll believe. That you'll believe. And so led by the Holy Spirit, he's recording the events of Jesus and his teachings and his sayings. and, and, And intentionally setting up the history and the life of Jesus in order that we can see and believe. Or... We find out today that we might believe and then see. We've heard this phrase before. If I don't see it, I won't believe it, right? Seeing is believing. You've heard that before? Maybe you've said it before. When I see it, I'll believe it, right? Like like the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to be great this year, right? Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Right when they don't drop that playoff game at the end, when they don't, they don't like, like you know take us all the way and then like you know put a nail through our hearts, right? Or you know the, the the Wisconsin fans would just say like, well, you should just go for the Packers and give up on the Vikings and have like at least a you know a winning chance. You know, oh, that hurt, didn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm no longer a Christian. Did you hear that? I have fallen from grace. <laughs> I mean, I like my bikes, all right? Don't get me wrong. But let's all be honest about, uh, you know, the dynamic here. But we've said that before. I'll believe it when I see it, right? Show me the evidence. I'm not going to trust. I'm not going to give my heart to something. I'm not, whatever it may be, whether it's somebody's, somebody changing their, their pattern of behavior or, 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 or it's something that just seems just so amazing and too, too, too good to be true. I'll believe it when I see it. Because seeing is believing. So many ways we get wrapped up and caught up in that. But is that really true? Is that true in all all situations and circumstances? Or is believing seen? That's what's at the heart of today's passage. If we believe, if we cast and trust upon Jesus, this isn't like a blind faith. This This isn't without any kind of evidence. But if we believe and truly believe that he is God, He is not just a good guy. He's not just a miracle worker. If we believe, we'll take him at his word. Without seeing results, without getting our way, without without seeing the evidence first, we'll take him at his word. We will obey. As the old saying goes, we will trust and obey. If we believe, we will see him show up as a result in our lives as God. Let's jump in here. John 4, 43. 
through 54. After the two days, which is when he was in the area called Samaria, after the two days, he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water into wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Jesus said to him, unless you, we can miss this in our translations, unless y'all, that's kind of what's really there, unless y'all see signs and wonders, y'all, All of y'all will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go. Your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This is now the second sign that Jesus had done when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Friends, join me in in prayer for the Holy Spirit to do his work in us. Spirit, we need you. We hear this story. We hear your word. Lord, we're here physically. We're not oftentimes here. Lord, oftentimes we come and we're not here to see you. We're here to get something from you. And sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two, Lord. But God, we want to see you. Lord, Lord, as many of these Galileans here had shown up excited to see what you would do, Jesus, they weren't excited to see you. Change our hearts like you did this man. Jesus, let us believe that we might see today. Let's start something new in our hearts. God, we want to see you. In your name we pray. Amen. As we come to this passage, John has already given us great truths. Jesus pre-existed all of creation. All right? He set out from the very beginning of his gospel declaring who Jesus was. He was before all time, like Friday read, he created all things. All things exist because of him and through him. So that's where John started. Then he began to show us evidence of that fact. Miracles that he's done, turning the water into wine in Cana. Other miracles and signs that he's done in in Jerusalem and Judea. We saw the interaction with the Samaritan woman last. We were already getting, generating an enormous amount of evidence. Jesus, Jesus is something special. He is God. Well, he leaves Samaria. 
We see in verse 43, and he goes up to Galilee, okay? So if you were to look at a map of Israel, Samaria is kind of right in the middle, and Galilee is up, up north, kind of like us. We're northerners, all right? So we got a little bit of an accent, a little Ubetia and, and all that kind of goodness, right? So Jesus is headed north to the area where he grew up. And he explains here uh, that, that uh, a prophet is, is not does not have honor in his own hometown. He goes on to say in verse 45, he came to Galilee and the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all the signs that he had done. Well, what's going on here? He's going to Galilee. Jesus says he's not welcome, but then they all welcome him. What's going on here is why why did they welcome him? You see, the context of this, what's going on is is that they loved the entertainment that Jesus brought. He did miracles. They were excited about the the miracle worker. They wanted to see him show power, change things, do things that were humanly impossible. The problem is, they only wanted to see a miracle maker. They didn't want to see their maker. Do you know the difference? That's what Jesus is getting at here. They were excited. They wanted to show. They wanted to see his power. Well, in this context here, we see that there, as he's in Galilee, there is, there is a gentleman, it's a, 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 a royal official, a nobleman, depending on your translation. This would have been a man who's in uh, a King Herod's uh, court and part of his uh, uh, um, uh, ruling authority there. And he hears... Jesus is coming, and he's in a desperate situation. It says here his child is sick and is dying. He knows that the end is going to come. He knows where this sickness is going to lead. He's desperate, and he's tried everything. Nothing is working. So he needs a miracle. He needs the miracle maker. He comes to find a miracle. And he comes to Jesus. And that's the context that we're in. That's the setting that we're in. That's the problem before Jesus. This man has a sick son who will die. What will Jesus do? So we have in verse 46, he comes down. Verse 47. He asks for Jesus. Come. Jesus, come. There's a belief there that Jesus can do miracles, although he doesn't know exactly the results. But he needs him to come. He's passionate. You can imagine being a parent where you see no other recourse of action. This is kind of your last hope and you're desperate. You're pleading. You can imagine the desperation. Your heart is beating and you see no other option. Come. What is Jesus' response here in verse 48? Kind of shocking given the man's desperation and need. Unless you, and again, this is plural, y'all. I'm not sure how we say that up north. You all. Unless you all see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Jesus is is getting at the heart here. You see, they they, want to see the miracles. Like I mentioned, they want to see the the show. They want to see the power 
Unless you see evidence and signs and, 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 and miracles, you will not believe. Jesus isn't talking just to this man here. It tells you there's more going on. There, there's, there's something happening that he's wanting to teach to. And it sets us up. Okay, oh, where's Jesus going? What's going on here? Well, the official says to him, he persists. He's like, I'm going to let that fly over me. I'm just going to let that slide off my back. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go, go down that rabbit trail and kind of argue with him about this. My son needs healing and help. Come, Jesus, come. Pregnant in this statement is this belief that, that I need you to be present. Kind of like a physician. That there's no way that you can do the healing miracle worker thingy that you do. You're going to have to touch him at least. You're going to have to be present at least. You've got to come. Because it fits within our formula. It fits within our paradigm of, of our control and what we know. You've got to come. Oftentimes, don't we do that with Jesus? With our situations and our needs. We have a, a, a prescribed way where we know he has to show up. Where we know that he has to work for us and work in our life. Come, Jesus. And we kind of get, we get a little bit bold and we get a little, little bit dictative to Jesus and to God. God, you need to do this and you need to do it this way. We have these expectations, right? And then when Jesus chooses not to act according to our way, what do we do? We get disappointed. We have a pity party. And we go as far as some of us like, well, you can't be God then. Because you didn't act my way. Because the problem is, is we think we're God. We don't truly believe he's God. He's just a means to our ends. We're honest with ourselves, friend. Too often, that's how we think of Jesus. He's a means to our ends. He's not our Lord, the God, the Lord. We love and we prefer and we're naturally bent towards craving and instinctively desiring to have control over how God is going to relate with us and how he's going to work for us and the timing, the methods. And in this way, we get in this kind of, of place of, I'll fully trust you, God, when you give me what I want, when I want, and how I want. I'll go all in. But until then, Jesus, I'll surrender some. Not I surrender all. Because I know who you are. Because I really believe you are my Lord and my God. What does Jesus say? Sure, let's go. It's not what he says, is it? The guy is pleading. He's on his knees. Come, come. And Jesus says, go. Your son will live. This man is left with nothing but Jesus' word. Go. I'm not coming with you. Jesus sets out to prove and to test this man. Do you believe? Will you believe? I'm not, I'm not a miracle maker. That's so much less. 
I'm the one who created you and your son. I'm the one who spoke and everything came to being. Go. Will you trust me? Will you take me at my word and obey? Even though you don't see the evidence. Even though it doesn't make sense right now. Even though there's a cloud and darkness and you don't understand. Will you obey? Will you trust and obey? I have good things for you. I have bigger things than what your control and the box you put me in, in your life, the limitations you place of how I'm supposed to work and work for you and do things, I have so much more for you. And what does this man do? He could have fallen apart like I have no other hope. And you've 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 you you just completely dashed my hopes and my the possibilities. You're my last resort and it's all gone now. And he could have just thrown a tantrum and a fit and been in a mess on the floor. And no. He believed. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke. And he went. He took Jesus at his word. Not waiting for the evidence. Not waiting for the results. Not waiting for him to feel it. He trusted. And he obeyed. Faith, friends. True faith. And trust in God isn't acquiring enough evidence that there's beyond a shadow of a doubt any reason to question. That's not faith. You see, because we'll never ever have enough evidence and results in our life to fully trust God. Because it's a heart issue for us, friends. God's word explains what faith is in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Do you hear that? Conviction. I am going to believe beyond the evidence that I have. In fact, I may have evidence to the contrary. And it's not an irrational kind of belief. It's not that there is no reason to believe. You know, we're not mindless as Christians. We're not, we don't shut our brains off coming to God's word and coming to Jesus. That's farthest from the truth. The Christianity, following Jesus, is the most rational thing in this earth, in fact. If you're struggling with that, let's talk. Faith is the conviction of things we cannot say. We are limited as human beings. We will never have all the data, the evidence, and we'll never fully feel it or, or trust it because it's a condition of our hearts. It's broken. The only person we ultimately trust instinctively is me. If we're going to believe 
We truly believe it's going to be stepping out. When the feelings aren't there. Stepping out. When all the evidence isn't there. Stepping out. When the voices say you're a fool. God has many things he, will sh- he wants to, to do to show us. God wants to show us himself. And we won't see God as God if we don't trust and follow and obey. We won't experience the blessings and the fullness of coming under him if we don't step out in faith, in our walk, in our daily life. It's not necessarily big things like a miraculous healing of uh, of a child of ours. It's the little things. Will we trust that he is God and take him at his word and follow him? The story continues to go. And we'll see in these final verses here. This is 51 through 54. That because the man believed, he was able to see Jesus as he is. To see him in his glory. To receive his blessing. So he's on his way home. And as he was going down, his servants, they come out and they meet him halfway. They're excited. Life has changed. They're running to see him. He's headed home. They meet on the road. And he can see them from afar. And you, and, 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 and you can know and you can tell them. And you, they're, they're out there. They're waving, you know, that kind of crazy run of sorts that they're excited when they see him because they have good news. son was healing and the man the man man's smart you see the question he asks them when this happen it's just kind of curious right when did this happen he finds out that it was the seventh hour seventh hour in timing in the, in, in the scriptures in the New Testament, whenever it gives you an hour, like 6th or 7th or ninth or whatever it is, it starts at 6 a.m. in the morning, and then you add on. So the 7th hour would be what? 1 o'clock in the afternoon. He said it was at the 7th hour. It was the exact time that Jesus told the Father, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. If he believed now, that means he didn't, he didn't fully believe before. You see, when he, before when he came to Jesus out of desperation, it wasn't trust in Jesus as Lord and God. You see, what, what John is indicating here, he, he's giving us this man, this official, as an example for us. To follow. Before this man only believed and hoped that Jesus could do a miracle. But now this man. He knows Jesus is God. Because there's no other being. Who can speak. And work. Except God. The one who spoke all things into existence. Because the man believed Jesus and left without the evidence, without seeing, without understanding, without knowing fully. Because he believed, 
he was able to see God in his glory become a man. He was able to see Jesus for who he truly is. God. When we step out in faith, when we step out in faith, friends, not trying to get God to, 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 to work in our box and according to our formulas. You know what's great about that is we're surprised, right? Some of us don't like surprises. But when we're surprised, then we realize we didn't do this. We didn't somehow manipulate God. We didn't like, oh, I knew you would do that because you followed my way. You know, when we're surprised and we're shocked, we get on our knees and we worship. It's a lack of worship in our hearts and our lives because we're trying to control God. Because we've made him so small to fit into our way and our box. We don't trust him to be God and follow him and obey him in our lives. And so there's a lack of worship. There's a lack of awe in our lives. And we don't see God show up. He wants to show. In fact, he's already there. The problem is, is we don't see because we don't believe. Seeing isn't believing. 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 Is seeing. God wants to show you himself, friends. So. What we've got to do here. As we walk forward, as we respond to the example, this man, the official, is our example. Jesus shows us himself and his, and his ways in which we, he might interact with us. As you're waiting for God, show me the results, Jesus. I need to see that you're working before I'm willing to trust you. Where's that area in your life right now? Is it with your family? Is it with your finances? Is it with your time? Is it with holiness in your life, obedience to God, in small ways and small things, your commitment to Him? We have to first deal with, friends, an attitude. Look at your heart attitude first, and then we're going to look at our actions. Is your attitude, at some degree, God, you've got to fit into my box. You've got to fit into my box. I'm not going to, I'll surrender some until you show up, and then I'll give you my all. It never happens, friends. It never happens. God, you must fit in my box. I know better than you how things got to work out in this life. I know better than you. We got to come to grips with that attitude in our hearts and surrender that. Do we believe he's Lord and God? Do we believe that everything that exists was created by him and he upholds it and he works within it? Do we believe that God actually became a human being? How does that happen? That the infinite can break into the finite and the physical? Do we believe? We got to surrender, friends. And that has action. Believing isn't an intellectual assent. Because we say it, I trust in Jesus, I believe in Jesus. And, and later James says, you know what, the demons do too. 
is not an intellectual assent to the historical facts. It's a giving of our heart. It's a believing is a verb action. Where do you need to take Jesus at his word? Where do you need to take him at his word now? Is that in, in, in you know what, Jesus, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to forgive until that person changes and they come to me. I'm going to hold on to my hurt. I'm going to hold on to my right for justice and to punish that person until they change. I'm not going to forgive. I'm, why would I change? Why would I act differently towards them until they change? Because they wronged me. Will you take Jesus at his word? Will you forgive? You see, that's what he did for you and me. You trust that he's a just God. He will take care of it. I'm not going to love that my spouse. I'm not going to love that coworker. I'm not going to love my child. <laughs> I'm not going to love that brother, or sister, or family member. I'm not going to. I'm not going to show them love. Right? It's, it becomes transactional. I'm not going to act nice to this person. I'm just going to cut off the relationship. Uh, I'm just going to. I'm going to give them what they gave me. I'm just going to talk about them behind their back. God, I expect you to change things, and then I'll change. I'm not going to trust you with my finances. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to be generous until I have more. Jesus, give me more, and then I'll give. And then I'll be generous. And then I'll be hospitable and have people over. Then I'll... Do you see how we're waiting for Jesus to show up? We're the ones making the rules. We don't trust and obey. To see him show up. To see him be faithful and good. To see him show us himself. Because it's, it's got to fit within what I can see and what I can control. I'm not going to serve until I have more time. I'm not going to join your team I'm not going to help build your kingdom. I'll show up. As long as you give me, then I'll, then maybe I'll give to you. Then I'll serve, be part of your, your family and help out. I'm not going to change this area of my life. I'm not going to trust you with my sexual purity, my sexual ethics. Because I don't feel like it. You know, when, you, when, when your way feels really good and gives me kind of the things I'm looking for, whether that's, you know, just living for pleasure, drunkenness, addiction highs, escape. When, when, when your way feels as good and gives me what I want, well, then I'll change when I feel like it. Don't we live on our feelings often? Like change my feelings, change how I feel, give me different results again, I want the results now. I want to feel differently. Then, then, then I'll obey. Then I'll follow your way, Jesus. Rather than trusting, he has something good for us there. There may be sacrifice in the meantime. 
in the self-control that we live with, in the patience that we live with. We choose not to skim a little off the top or, or just, you know, a little white lie, you know, just to get what we want because we're trying to control. We don't trust him to provide for us and take care of us and give us good things. So we've got to, you know, we've got to shave the truth a little bit and distort it. We've got to find, look for love in all the wrong places. So don't trust his love. What is it, friends? And, I, and I'm leaning into this pretty hard right now. Because I really believe this is where we miss it as followers of Jesus. And this is why the, one of the reasons why the world looks at us and doesn't see anything different. Because we don't trust him to be God. And we live in consistent lives as a result. And they don't see God showing up in our lives because we're trying to get God to fit into our little world. We're controlling him. Where are you going to let go? He wants to show you himself. He wants to show me himself. And I've got to rest. I am too busy. Because I believe I have to do things in order for things to get done. And I have to be busy in order to be a good pastor. And that he's not going to show up. And my busyness is a lack of trust that he's God. And I don't rest. I don't rest in here. If we trusted and obeyed, friends, we will see him and others will see him for who he is in us. And you know what? You're going to worship like you've never worshipped. You're going to live. And you're not going to have all the answers. Some things you may not get until glory, until he returns. But you know what? You're going to be okay with that. Because you trust him. Because you know. John concludes his book, his account of Jesus' life with his resurrection. And there's this guy named Thomas. For those who've been in the Christian world for a while, you know him as Doubting Thomas. And he's one of the 12 disciples. And Jesus showed himself to so many different people, proving he had raised from the dead. He was alive. He wasn't just a ghost, but in person. And, 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 and he showed himself to a lot of different people, but Thomas hadn't seen him yet. And Thomas was like, I ain't seen him. I ain't believing. Unless I can put my finger in his side, in the holes. I, if I ain't seeing it, I ain't believing it. Jesus shows up. This is chapter 20. Verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, and Jesus wanted to make sure they knew it could only be God, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. He said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Put, see my, so, my hands? Put your hand there. Place it in my side. Don't continue to disbelieve. Believe. And Thomas answered, My Lord and my God. He got it. My Lord and my God. He saw. But what is Jesus' words? His words are a correction to Thomas here. Listen. Have you believed because you've seen me? 
Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Blessed. Do you hear that? Blessed are those who do not see and believe. The blessed life is before us, friends. It's one step at a time. I surrender all begins with Jesus. I'm going to give you. Here it is. The next thing. Okay, and, and, and here's the next thing. It, it, it's not something we just all bite off and then we, we, we necessarily just jump right. We it's start taking steps. Walk towards him. Walk towards him. Trust him with the next thing. With the thing he's bringing to the surface right now. Trust him. Keep singing, I surrender all. Because blessed, blessed are us. When we believe, though we don't see. Let's go, friends. And the worship team come on forward. And let the Spirit stir your heart. That next step, where is that place that Jesus is beckoning you? Trust me. I am your Lord and your God. Trust me and obey. Holy Spirit, we ask. Help us. Move in us. Right now, Lord, the things that we're still holding on to and and, and, and our grip, we're afraid to let go in Jesus. Oh, Jesus, take us by the hands. Lord Jesus, take us by the heart. Lord, meet. Even in my prayer, I realize I'm asking you to to show results before we trust you. God, help us trust. Help us believe. Like Like the centurion who came to you, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus, help us. We want to see you. We want to stop trying to control you. Forgive us. Help us to lay down that one area of trusting you with our kids, trusting you with with our time, our finances, trusting you with these moral decisions in our life, trusting you to heal our hearts for forgiveness. We want to see you. And we want the world to see you through us. In your name.